G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's always good on a Friday to catch up with Bill Muhlenberg and to bring some level of cultural commentary to the issues that we're facing in our day-to-day life here in 21st century Australia and reflecting on the value of what we can glean from the Scripture about what it says that God has spoken into our hearts and lives today. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Always good to be back. Uh, Bill, recently you wrote an article on a passage from the Bible in Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. Now, it's a passage in which the Apostle Paul talks about the motives that preachers have when they're speaking and bringing this good news message, the gospel. Uh, What's so controversial about this short passage? Well, it's uh, the actual title I preface with the words difficult Bible passages, and that refers to actually a series of, I've probably got about 40 or 50 of these what might seem like difficult passages, or at least texts that can be distorted and twisted, Uh, And so they need a bit of clarification, explanation. So this is another one. In a sense, it's not all that difficult to understand, but it can be misused and abused. A lot of people will say, see, Paul doesn't care. Some people preach the gospel out of envy and rivalry. Others don't. Paul says, I'm glad in either case that the gospel is preached. So they almost have a cavalier attitude about well, A, what exactly the gospel is that's being preached, and B, uh, the motivation, as if Paul has no concern whatsoever about people's motives. Uh, The trick is, as always, you compare Scripture with Scripture, and we see plenty of other places where Paul does greatly show concern about the kind of gospel, and he also at other places does speak to our motivations as well. So we have to read Philippians 1, in the light of some of these other texts. Uh, Bill, let's just pause for a moment. I'm going to read that scripture for listeners so they've got a context of what we're talking about a little more uh, accurately today. Let me just read from Philippians 1, 15 to 18. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this I rejoice. So Bill, is that saying, is the Apostle Paul saying here, that it doesn't matter the motive that you have when you preach? Well, certainly, uh, again, as we say, uh, if we look at the the whole of Scripture, 
we know that the Bible says it's not just your outward actions that matter, but your inward dispositions and attitudes and motivations as well, right? You can sometimes do the right thing, but with the wrong motives or wrong attitudes. And the Bible is pretty clear, you know, that God really looks for both. Uh, You can, you know, help your neighbor carry in her garbage can, not because you really love her, but you know she's old and going to die, and maybe you hope she's going to leave you in her will so you can get her fortune when she dies. So, you know, is it good to help somebody with their putting out their bins? Sure, but can you have the wrong motive? Absolutely. Uh, In this case, and that would bring up another issue of what the gospel is, but in this case, it seems uh, that these people, even though they really didn't like Paul and were trying to make life even more tough for him, he was probably in Rome in prison when he wrote this epistle. So, you know, they're certainly, you know, taking it to him and making life difficult, but it seems the actual gospel they were preaching was, you know, more or less orthodox. It wasn't heresy. So in that case, Paul said, all right, you know, you guys don't like me, and you're trying to make life miserable for me, but still, at least the gospel is going out, so that's one thing. So uh, I think it's interesting, just Paul's attitude, you know, he could have got bitter and angry at his opponents, but, you know, for him, Christ was first. For him, the gospel was first. Everything else was secondary. So even if he had to get a lot of grief and misery from some of these so-called friends of his, you know, he still was happy because the gospel was being proclaimed. So does this apply, Bill, to people who you might recognize as an evangelist? Or is it the ordinary person who is simply sharing their faith as a witness, uh, you know? But you you could do that from an envious, uh, competitive attitude, a self-ambitious attitude. And of course, these are the things that Paul's pointing out here as being the negatives. Uh, Is it possible that that, uh, ordinary people sharing their faith need to have an an attitude adjustment here? Oh, yeah, sure. Everyone, you, me, all Christians, we all can sometimes do good things, but with the wrong attitude. And again, these kind of things you mentioned elsewhere, Paul lists these in his catalogs of sin, you know, doing things out of selfish ambition, doing things for your own glory, for reasons of pride. Uh, Elsewhere, he makes it very clear that this is of the flesh. These are sinful attitudes and motives that we have to bring to the cross and let Christ deal with. So, yeah, we can all be guilty of that, and that's why, again, Paul is so... uh, on the one hand, thankful that the gospel is being preached, but elsewhere says, come on, we got to get even our motivation in line as well. Otherwise, you know, we're still going to be judged for the way we did things, not just what we did. If you're prioritizing things here, uh, it doesn't matter what your attitude is. Your attitude absolutely might stink in that sense of you might be gripped by some of those things Paul was talking about, but it would be worse if the gospel you were preaching is some way distorted. Is the accuracy of the gospel one of the things here that Paul is bringing to the fore? Well, absolutely. I mean, you simply go to a book like Galatians, another letter he wrote to another church, there he was absolutely scathing. In fact, you get more in, say, Second Corinthians and others as well. In Corinthians, he talks about, you guys are preaching another Christ, another gospel. 
in Galatians, he says, you guys, well, he's pretty strong. He says, if anyone preaches a gospel other than the one I delivered to you, let him be accursed. So certainly nobody can use the Philippians 1 text to say that, oh, it doesn't matter what you preach and what you teach. Uh, Paul makes it perfectly clear that, yeah, it does matter if you don't bring the biblical gospel, uh, if you distort it in any way, whether undermining the work of Christ and his sufficiency at the cross, what have you, uh, that is another gospel, and that is something Paul will not tolerate for a moment. So he's very large of heart, even to these uh, kind of miserable friends who are trying to do him in while he's in jail. But he's actually very narrow-minded, if you will, when it comes to actually tampering with the truth of the gospel. I imagine if you stay in your bitterness and anger because you've had opposition to the way that you preach the gospel, uh, that it's something that uh, eats you up from the inside, that Mm -hmm. having this Christ-centered attitude, as Paul seems to have had here, uh, is the way to survive the stresses of being a person who presents the gospel. Yep, absolutely, and that's part of why I wrote this piece. Uh, Again, just to highlight Paul's own attitude. He could have got really angry at these guys, and he would have been right to have chewed, chewed them out, but instead he, he emphasized, in this case, the positive that the gospel is going out. And the truth is, any Christian, if he does any kind of work for the Lord, whether it's evangelism or any kind of public ministry, uh, I hate to say it, it will happen. You will get criticized. You will have critics. There's always armchair critics doesn't matter what you do, there's going to be other Christians who are going to attack you. And sometimes in these situations, I love to quote a story about the great American evangelist Moody. Evidently, one gal came up to Moody at one point and says, you know, I really don't like the way you do evangelism. So Moody said, uh, well, how do you do it? And she says, I don't. So Moody replied, well, I like the way I do evangelism better than the way you don't do it. (laughs) You know, there's plenty of armchair critics, plenty of people ready to give you a hard time. We have to, well, commit them to the Lord, ask for God's grace, and just keep going. You can't allow that bitterness and anger and unforgiveness to creep in. I imagine too, Bill, when it comes to our attitudes to those who are sharing the gospel, those who have uh, witnessing as part of their central Christian lifestyle uh, to be ones who encourage rather than criticize uh, because uh, put the shoe on the other foot, uh, there's an onus on us, isn't there, to be encouraging of those who are doing the work of gospel preaching. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to do that. It's a good point. We need to encourage those who are out on the front lines, whether evangelizing or having prophetic-type ministry or whatever they're doing. It's the critics. They're a dime a dozen. Easiest thing in the world to criticize a brother in Christ, but to actually say, hey, I, I just wanted to let you know I appreciate what you're doing. I'm praying for you. Uh, I hate to say it in my own life, probably for every dozen uh, emails I get criticizing me, I'll get one. <laughs> you know, Somebody says, Bill, I like what you're doing. I'm praying for you. Keep up the good work. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Anyone who's doing anything for the kingdom, we need to consciously take steps, send them an email, whatever. Take them out for a coffee and say, hey, I just want to say thanks. 
Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your faithfulness. Keep it up. I appreciate it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I'll encourage listeners not only to visit your website today, Bill, but to send a note of encouragement. <laughs> Sounds like you really need it today. <laughs> Bill Muhlenberg, always so good getting an update. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.